Hello, welcome to the playground where the players play. My name is Eddie Flewellen. I'm your host. And as my guest, I am truly honored as always to have my guest here, Gerald Austin. Mr. Austin, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Welcome to the my show. My pleasure, Eddie. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Let me ask, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. I am yeah. doing just fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, over the last, what, it's been like over, over a year now since the pandemic hit or whatever, have you been, what have you been doing to just to keep well, busy through that? we uh, released a new album, a new mm -hmm. CD titled um, Manhattan's Featuring Gerald Austin, The Legacy Continues. Awesome. And the new material and some previous, well, actually all of it's new, mm -hmm. uh, except mm -hmm. we did a cover a live version of Kiss and Say Goodbye and Shining awesome. Star. Yeah. Awesome. Really? And it's live? Yes. Awesome. 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 Um, let's go back to the beginning as far as far as jail. And, and, and of course, you know, the, the, the Manhattan story, it, it's, it's storied. I mean, it's, it's a history there, but, mm -hmm. um, I want to go back to, let's talk about Gerald and, and, you know, before the Manhattans and, and all that, if that's okay with you, that's fine. um, like starting from the beginning, um, of course you've got this killer voice and, and I'm, I'm going to try not to spend so much time on that voice. Cause I mean, I even I'm listening to the stuff. I'm like, is there even a bad note in you? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. I mean, silky smooth voice, man. I Thank mean, you. really, really, really. And and um me personally, as everybody knows with me and Switch and all that, I've been a a, a diehard harmony fan. So I really like really study vocals and listen to vocals and all that yeah. stuff. And like I said, I've been a a, a, a fan of yours for, for <laughs> anyway, anyway. So as far as like in the beginning, um when did you, I mean, did, did you, when you started, was it, was it gospel? Was it in school? I mean, how did your, your vocal thing, how did you realize that, you know, Hey, I got something here. Well, I was very young. Okay. And it, it, I, it all started in church. Okay. And um, I used to sing gospel gospel back in I, as I couldn't remember. <laughs> and um did someone come to you and say, hey, hey, Gerald, you know, hey, you know, <laughs> you got something here. Well, it goes, yeah, but okay. it goes back. Um, my father uh, was a gospel singer. Okay. Uh, my uncle Johnny Fields, the late Johnny Fields, one of the founding members of the Five Blind Boys of Alabama. Mm -hmm. And um, so between my father and uncle Johnny, I was always around gospel. And on top of that, all of my father's sisters mm -hmm. and my mother's sisters, they all sang. In fact, both sisters, sets of sisters, put a, had a group together, and my mother used to play the piano oh. for her. Okay. okay. So I was in gospel all my life, and, it, and it's still there, you know. I oh. still sing gospel. I have a gospel CD titled um, Gerald Austin True Gospel, where I pay Sweet. tribute to Sam Cooke. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I want to talk about the Sam Cooke CD too. <laughs> so, but yeah, awesome, awesome. So through school or whatever, did you like, were you like in the school choirs and, and this and that and the other? Or, or Yes, I yes. was in the school choir and my cousin, uh, my Uncle Johnny's oldest son, Dwight, Dwight Fields, he and I, we started singing together early mm -hmm. and um, even all the way up to, till we started school. And um we put a group together called Gerald Austin and the New Imperials. Okay. And on Sunday, on Friday and Saturdays, we were Gerald Austin and the New Imperials. And on uh -huh. Sunday, we were the Gospel <laughs> Jubilee. The Gospel Jubilee. Yes. <laughs> so you're working seven days a week. Oh, yes. <laughs> For the most part. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's what it's, and it all started from there, yeah. you know, and, and um, I remember uh, as a child um, on different programs at church. Mm -hmm. And, and um, that was the, in fact, that was one of the first places that I had to sing in public. I was at church one Sunday and I think it was a Mother's Day pr uh, program they had. Mm -hmm. And they had me sing, asked me to sing. Mm -hmm. And I was stage, I had a little stage fright. And I remember getting up in front of the audience and just staring and smiling. And a friend of mine walked up, he started singing in my ear and I started singing the song and he stepped off and that's 
that was history right there. Wow. That was it. Wow. I was really? a ham after then. Really? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, was that your vocal training for the most part? Uh, well, no. I mean, I, were there, vo were there vocalist, vocal coaches or whatever? I mean, in the beginning? Vocal no, I started beginning. my vocal coaching, uh, taking vocal coaching in 80, around 81, 82. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I so had, this is after the Manhattans are like, I mean, we're working now. The Manhattans yeah, I was, like I'd been years. with the Manhattans about 13 years. Right. And, okay. and I had gotten polyps. And um, oh. my writing partner had told me about a vocal coach. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing her a little before my polyps began to get, you know, serious. And okay. um now, let me I, ask you, I'm sorry, not to cut you off. You said that you had been with, up until then, with, you were with Manhattan for 13 years? At that time, yeah. Uh, what, what was the big hit at that time that you were going through? Um, the biggest hit we had then, it was Shining Star and Kiss and Say Goodbye. Wow, really? But, yeah. And you discovered that you had polyps? Yeah, I, I, I performed and I got real hoarse and my throat was real sore. Mm -hmm. And when I went to the doctor, he said, you have a throat infection. Mm. And um, so then he, he said, gave me something to um, take care of that. And then as it began to heal, he examined me again. And he, that's when he saw the polyps. And oh. um, so I had surgery in March of 83. Oh. And um, it was very successful. And I continue my vocal lessons and here I am today. Wow. And you, you, you still to this day continue with your vocal lessons? Yes, yes. And because I had to learn, believe it or not, um, I had to learn how to sing over again. Mm. And um, not that I forgot or couldn't right. sing anymore. I had mm -hmm. to learn, I had to learn the proper way to sing. Uh. You know? And my breathing and and that was most important. And the teacher. The instructor that I had, um, she was great. Her name was Ann Countryman. Mm. And she would, she taught me how to sing and relax uh -huh. because I would tense up in my shoulders when I started singing and uh -huh. I would start singing hard. And she taught me how to sing, continue to sing with the same passion, but just relax. Mm. And then mm. when I would get excited or go to that point, it was, it really meant something you know, mm -hmm. to the audience mm -hmm. and to me. Mm -hmm. And she was a she was a wonderful instructor. Oh, okay. And and to, to to that point, that's kind of what this show is about. I, I, you know, for those that are up and coming in the business, I like to like like have people such as yourself who have been there, done that. And there is a certain way to do things. And that, me as a keyboard player, you know, I practice and, and, you know, do the exercises and everything. And I did want to talk to you about that. Like, what do you do as far as like your vocal techniques? And again, this is for those people that are coming up because there is a way to sing. There is a way where yeah. you can take care of your voice and, and all that. And you, on top of that, <laughs> yeah, you're singing, but you know, you got to move. You're moving a little bit, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I underscore a little bit. This dude is like, I mean, the whole group all over the place. And I mean, talk about synchronization too. I mean, you guys were like on the money oh, with, yeah. with all your steps. So you've got to like control your vocals on top of moving around. Yeah. Dude, how do you do that? <laughs> well, our choreographer, um, the late Charlie Atkins. Yes, yes. He uh, showed us. In fact, uh, we've actually worked with Jaime Rogers and... Um, Bernard Johnson first. Mm -hmm. uh, Jaime Rogers used to do, he was um, the state uh, uh, choreographer mm -hmm. and stager for Sonny and Cher. Oh, okay. And he did our very first show. Mm -hmm. And each choreographer did choreographer did the same thing. They did, did our choreography around our movements, especially for me, mm -hmm. around the movement and my vocals and oh, okay. uh, the movement. Did that make it easy for you? Yes, it made it a little easier. Okay. And then uh, after we started rehearsing, wow, with Jaime, we used to rehearse sometimes 18 hours a day when we were putting the show together. And so you got in shape. You got in shape and you were able to sing and move, you know, and breathe. Mm. And I learned that from Jaime and from Pop mm. and Bernard.
Mm. Yeah. And that, also I, mean, I started working out and I started jogging. And believe it or not, I heard Janice, um, oh God, Janice, ja Janet Jackson. Janice Jackson. That when she worked out, she would be on the treadmill and she would sing mm. while on the treadmill. And so mm -hmm. I started, when I started working out and on the treadmill, I started trying to sing and run at the same time. It's very difficult, but it uh -huh. works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It works. Um, there's there's a, a vocal director that I'm working with now at one of the schools here, and and I'm sure she wouldn't mind me, me sharing this story, but she was talking about how she would control her voice, and she's from Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Of all. <laughs> you know? yeah. And she would talk about how, you know, she would have to ride the tractors with her dad, and she would sing, and of course the tractors are like, you know, jumping up and down, and while right. she's singing, her dad made her control her voice while, the, while, while this is going up and down. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, of course, there was no formal vocal training. Um, right. I hope I got that part of it right. But yeah, she would she would tell me th things like that, you know, like getting on the treadmill and doing those workouts and controlling your voice. Exactly. You know? So, yeah. man, that's impressive that you're, I mean, all these years that you're still, you know, you're with, oh, yeah. with your vocal coach, you're still doing that. Yeah. And a lot of, I don't know, I know I did um, from my first vocal coach, which was Ann, I was speaking of. Mm -hmm. I recorded all of our lessons. Uh, uh, sessions. And so a lot of times I go back to that. Then I have some that I do online. And then I work with another vocal coach out in New York sometimes. So it's a combination of all three. Uh -huh. I hope you all are listening to this. this <laughs> <laughs> and so on top of which, I don't smoke, and I don't drink. <clears throat> and I try to get as much rest as possible. Ah, ah, okay, okay. And still touring, still still doing doing the thing. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> who, who were your like back then? Were there early were there who were your early influences? Who were like some of the people that you listened to or try to did you try My to father, pattern yourself mm -hmm. after anybody? Beg your pardon? Did you try to pattern yourself after any Yes, anybody? I did. Okay. Um my my father was my mentor mm. and my uncle Johnny. And but the the artist that I fell in love with was Sam Cooke, ah, mm -hmm. and <clears throat> Sam Cooke had so much control. Oh mm -hmm. my God, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this guy had the best control I've ever ever heard. Also, uh, I was an admirer of Mahalia Jackson, uh, ah. and when I was about 13, 12 or thirteen years old. Actually, in my going, my grandmother's in my grandmother raised me, and I would go in the living room and put uh, had Mahalia Jackson album, and I had a Sam Cooke album, a couple of Sam Cooke albums, and I would have a concert. Sometimes Mahalia Jackson, sometimes Sam Cooke. I didn't care who was listening. <laughs> that was my thing. Really? So you actually did do a concert? At time. You yeah. did a concert? Yeah. <laughs> Singing with the record. Really? Really? <laughs> Awesome, awesome. So, so going back, you said you 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 would you you sang through in the high school choirs and and this and that and the other. When did you decide that you know? I, okay, I think I, there's a music career here. I want to get into the music business. Well, or was, was that always? It was always. And mm -hmm. um, when I met the guys, I met them. I met the Manhattans the year I graduated from high school. Ah. Uh, well, actually, yeah. Just and I was starting into college. Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I just started college mm -hmm. and my professor came to me and she said, Gerald, um, do you mind if the Manhattans use your equipment, your sound equipment? She said, they'll be performing and this was on a Wednesday night. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they were going, they were on tour with the Supremes, Gene Terrell and the Supremes. Uh -huh. and but they were doing the HBCUs on the way down. They were going to Texas. right? And so they stopped at a couple of HBCUs mm -hmm. and did a show, which my college was HBCU. Okay. And Kittrell College is very small college, junior mm -hmm. college. Okay. So I went and got my sound system and set it up and I started singing. Uh -huh. And um, So wait a minute, so you went and got your sound system, you're, you're the roadie now. Yeah, I, I was the roadie then because you know, we. We would back then it was everybody traveled, everybody did everything. Yeah, that's right. So right. I went home and fortunately I was able 
to put the sound system because there's only two two columns and a head, to, you know, mm -hmm. uh, amplifier. Mm -hmm. And so I put it all in my car and drove it back and set it up. And I was singing, had the microphones, and I was singing. And um, in walked the late Blue Lovin', late mm -hmm. Kenneth Kelly, and Richard Taylor, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. another gentleman, Phillips uh, Flood, mm -hmm. who was standing in for the original lead singer. The original lead singer was there, but he was sick. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So Phil was the stand-in if he got worse. Mm -hmm. And they heard me singing, and they came in, and they As you're setting me up. down. Yeah. As you're setting up. Yeah. And, and what, no, I what, set up and I started singing and uh -huh. a friend of mine was playing the piano. Mm -hmm. And so I was singing and they heard me sing and they came in. They asked me, did I want to sing on the show? I said, yeah. And really? Just like that? Just like that. And fortunately, I was singing a song by the uh, intruders. When we get married, we'll have mm -hmm. a big celebration. Uh -huh. So the band knew it. The band played it just like, oh gosh, it was like walking into heaven. Really, really. And I sang that song. And at the end of the night, the manager took my name and address. And mm -hmm. um, that was at Kittrell College, right outside of Henderson, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Then they went to A&T State University mm -hmm. and performed. Mm -hmm. And after the performance, that's when the original lead singer, George Smith, got sick. And they had okay. to take him back home. So okay. they took him home. And the rest of the guys, two of the guys flew back home with him. And then the rest of the guys flew into Dallas, Texas. Okay. And uh, they called me that Monday, that Sunday, and asked me, could I, did I want to sing? I said, yeah. <clears throat> Not knowing that I was underage, my mother and father had already signed the contract. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I found out after I got there, uh -huh. and my grandmother had given them permission too, uh -huh. because I was living with her, but mm -hmm. they had to have my mother and father's actual signature. Mm -hmm. So when I got there, the manager told me, oh yes, we already have the contracts on your side. And the contract was simple. Uh -huh. I was signed as the lead singer of the Manhattans. And you can't get any more simpler than that. No simpler than that. I got the contract <laughs> in my, file today that I signed with the Manhattans. Really? 50 really? years ago. Wow. wow. And um, I watched them perform with the Supremes for 10 days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with Mary Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, she was the most beautiful woman that I laid eyes on. Yeah. And um, But they all were very nice. Mm -hmm. and And working with them, there was no uh, uh, divas. Everybody on the show, we talked, we laughed. Um, we They had little, uh, the Supremes had like a, a suite at the Adolphus Hotel, mm -hmm. a penthouse suite. And we all went there, we sat down, we parted, we ate, and we laughed. And that was it. It was no outsiders. It was just the, the, uh, the nice. show. Uh -huh. And it was uh -huh. very nice. And it was like that all the way through. Really, yeah. really. Wow, wow, that's awesome. Now by then was um, was Phil, Phil Terrell, was he in the Yeah, band Phil Terrell was, um, he was singing. He mm -hmm. did the 10 days and I watched. And okay. then I went back to New York and we had about three weeks off and okay. we rehearsed every day. Really? And my very first show was in Richmond, Virginia at the mosque. And I remember that like yesterday. The headliners were the mosque in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. The headliners were the Dells. Um the Dells headlined it. Um, then there was um Patty LaBelle and the Bluebells, the Spinners, uh Brendan the Tabulations. Cool in the Gang, Willie Feast and the Magnificence. And that place was jam-packed. And this is your first show? My first show. And I remember Marvin Jr. said, hey, little man, we're going we gonna to mess you up. We're going to show you really? how <laughs> Oh, they were. They came like that. They came at you. Yeah, they came right. They didn't waste no time. Uh -huh. They knew the guys in the group. Uh -huh. But they knew I was nervous. 
and they came. Let me let me let me show you something. Here. I'm gonna show you how it goes. Uh -huh. Tell you something. They became uh -huh. my mentors, group wise, and and the other in the Manhattan's. These guys were and still are today my mentors, even oh, though it's awesome. two of them still alive, mm -hmm. and um, Vernon and Mickey. But mm -hmm. these guys, just like the Manhattan's, they taught me so much. And what I really loved about them. What I really loved about them, because we toured a lot together. Mm -hmm. They were, and and I, I respected their opinion and their honesty. And, and just like the guys in the group would tell me, a lot of times we worked with them. I would get dressed and run down the hall because sometimes there were more than just us. So we like mm -hmm. going first and somebody else in the desk. And I would go to their room. And when I go to their room, they were either going to give me, they gave me criticisms, good and bad. Mm -hmm. They didn't lighten up on me. They stayed on me. They mm -hmm. told me how to, you know, how to carry myself on stage, just like the guys did. Mm -hmm. And they taught me to stay humble. And I remember Johnny Carter. Oh, boy. He, he wore me out one day. <laughs> really? Really? Uh-huh. Yes. Uh -huh. And um, when, when he wore you out, what, 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 in, in, in uh, yeah. uh, critiques or, or? Yeah, critiques. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. We were on the show together and I did the way we were. We had just recorded that. Uh -huh. And um, I was just like nonchalant. Mm -hmm. And um, I did some moves that really weren't me. <laughs> and he told me, he said, after the show tonight, you bring your little behind up to my room. I got to talk to you. Oh. I got up in his room. He closed the door and he wore me <laughs> out. And Johnny Carter talked fast. Let me tell you something, man. You did this, you did that. You, you don't have no business doing it. Oh, God, he wore uh -huh. me out. Uh -huh. But the next time I performed, I calmed myself down and did it the way he was, not exactly the way he said, mm -hmm. but he wanted me to be me mm -hmm. and not try to be nobody else but me. Mm -hmm. and, um, and how to make that song a part of me. You know, oh, okay. even more than okay. what I was doing, uh -huh. and I appreciate him for that. Awesome. You know? And these so, guys, they would not tell you if they cared about you. They would not give you a compliment saying you did great if you didn't. Ah, uh, okay. They they okay. told you the truth, uh -huh. and to this day, I could call Vern or Mickey right now if they've seen me perform and ask him what do you think. They would tell me the same thing. Mm. You know, mm. hey, it was okay. Oh, you did great. You know, or if I didn't, if I wasn't carrying myself right, they would say that too. Wow, wow, uh, that that speaks volumes of you. I mean, that even back then, I mean, you were a willing student. I mean, to this day, I mean, you're still oh, a yeah. willing student. You know, oh, yeah. and that you'll you'll take that from them. I mean, you didn't let it like, like you know. Well, you know, hey, you know, I I got this. Yeah, you know, and you know, um, I learned from those years, and I had a, a man, our manager at that time told us something that, that even um, piggybacking, piggy, piggybacking on what the Dells had showed me and taught me and the guys in the group, you know, um, <clears throat> she said, when people criticize you and, and say things that may make you feel bad, she said, don't look at it. She, she do the positive side of it. She said, look at it and see how much truth is in their criticism. She said, if there's no truth in their criticism, step on off. She mm -hmm. said, but if there's truth, take what you can get to use out of there to make you better and throw the other garbage away. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I, I, a perfect example, we performed uh, in Philadelphia at a club called Just Jazz. Mm -hmm. And the guy from the news, the journalist from the newspaper came. Oh, he tore us all to pieces. Said we looked like old men with white gloves and doing this, you know, because we used to wear gloves. Mm -hmm. And he just basically he didn't like the group. And so now, now this is after. I mean, the Manhattan's are like a you're you're a name. I mean, you're a big name. Yeah, but this was an early. This was okay. before Kiss and Say Goodbye. Okay, okay. And um, it was before our first album on Columbia Records, I believe, or, or right after There's mm -hmm. a Me About You album. He mm -hmm. tore us all the pieces. And we came back, we were all ticked off. And um, 
we wanted to retaliate, but my manager said, she read the article. She said, look at the article. She said, instead of being mad at him, thank him for what he's done. He made you look and see who you are, what you did. And there were some things that he criticized about mm -hmm. that he was right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then there were other things you could tell he just didn't like the group. So okay. we learned from that point to throw that wasteful stuff on the side mm -hmm. and take in the stuff that we were doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and that's what a, a lot of our artists need to learn today. Thank that, you. that humility. Thank um, you. The first time we played Las Vegas, Las Vegas, um, shout out Las Vegas. We're here yes. in Las Vegas. <laughs> we played the Silverbird. Okay. And it's no longer there now. It's right, <laughs> right across from the uh, Las Vegas Hilton. But it's on, oh, okay. on the strip. It was on okay. the strip. So anyway, this guy came in and wrote the show. We had the third highest grossing show on the strip that month that we played. Wow. And he wow. came in. Do you remember who behind? Behind uh, third highest behind third highest. I forgot who was there okay. on that, that time. Okay. And um, so he wrote the interview. I wrote the story up, and he said, "I do not like the Manhattan style." And he went on explaining he didn't like R and B music that well. Okay. But after he finished saying what he did, he said, "But if you miss this show." You missed something. Oh. And then he went all on and explained how we brought, we did the show so professionally and mm -hmm. so well. And mm -hmm. but he let everybody know I don't, and which was a good thing. He let people know he didn't particularly like R and B music. Mm -hmm. Evidently, he was country western journalist mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But he said from the beginning. But he said if you miss this show, you really miss something. You need to get out and see it. Nice, nice. And it shows That's how right. we kind of turn them around, uh -huh, you know? uh -huh, uh -huh. but, and that goes to show you can't, you need to really look at your criticism. Thank you. Because there's a lot of helpful information and criticism. Mm -hmm. And, um, and if it's not, you just throw it out. That's right. just somebody hating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I try to impress upon people now. It's like, there's, there's, there's some stuff in there. So, you know, take it for, take it for what it is, you know? Exactly. You know? So, so. Um, songwriting. Yeah, I I I thought your material was for, for the most part written for out, written by outsiders, but you guys did you guys wrote you guys wrote your own some of yeah. your own stuff. It was a lot of our writing was between uh, Blue was the and Sunny were the mm -hmm. actual writers. Mm -hmm. They wrote mm -hmm. all the time. Kenny mm -hmm. wrote some, um, and I wrote a few things, mm -hmm. and then we also had Mr. Taylor and Mm -hmm. Oh, Teddy okay. was like out of this world. Uh -huh. He would feel so good to be loved so bad. Uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. Oh God, it's what's the other one? Um, a million to one. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. he wrote songs. Uh, he was a great writer, as you know. He wrote for Little Anthony and Imperials mm -hmm. for years. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and he was a great songwriter. He um, and he taught me a lot about singing and. Um, how to carry that song, you know? Mm -hmm. And everybody had the same thing from my father to Teddy, to Bobby Martin, to the Dells, to the guys in the group. They all wanted you, when, when we did a new song, is to make it, me, make, for me, to make it mine. Make it your song. Oh. Right. And that's, that's something I was taught from the beginning. Uh -huh. Make any song you sing, whether it's a cover or whether it's a brand new song, make it yours. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> Sonny and I wrote, um, We Never Danced to a Love Song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we wrote that song in London. Right after Kiss and Say Goodbye, we were there on a promotional tour. Uh -huh. And Sonny called me up his room and, and in fact, we wrote two songs like this. Uh, this was the second song. He called me up to his room and he started playing this, uh, the melody to the beginning of it. And then when he got to the, when he, ba, 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 da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Then it, it just, words just came to me. Come on, baby, let's sit down. 
we've been dancing all night long. I sang the whole song that night sitting right there. <laughs> and oh and um, he wrote, There's No Me Without You. And this was my first, this was the first song that I wrote with him like that. Uh -huh. He um, played the song and I wrote a song, we wrote a song called, Look Into the Mirror, The Reflection I See Is the Pain and Agony That's the Other Side of Me. Uh -huh. And he played the music. I sang the whole song backstage at the Apollo Theater. Mm -hmm. we rehearsed it and put it on the, on the There's No Me Without You album, which was the first major label that we signed with. Wow, wow. You, you know, you just reminded me a, a few months back, I, I posted, you know, two songwriters, you know, simply, how do you do it? <laughs> how do you do it? I mean, it, 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 I mean, you know, you know, it, it can be easy, it can be hard, but you know, you you just start, you were starting to explain how how do you do it? I mean, do you just sit there you know, with it's, with pencil and paper and just go, or, or is it, it does it just come to you or what? It it varies. Um, okay. There are some writers um, that can just sit down and you give them an idea, they'll write a song. Mm -hmm. My son mm -hmm. is like that. He mm -hmm. writes like that. Um, me, I have to have a feeling or an idea come to me. Mm -hmm. I've written, I wrote a song on, on my solo project called Nothing Can Change the Love. Nothing mm -hmm. can change the love mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. have yep. shared before. Mm -hmm. And so I was on the plane and I heard these lyrics mm -hmm. and I was flying to North Carolina to visit my mother. I sang it on this plane. I kept singing it over and over and over. When I got to my mom's house, I called my writing partner. She wasn't home, but she always had a two minute span that you could talk on her answering service. Oh, wow. And I sang the whole song. When I came back, she had laid a keyboard track and we put it together. <laughs> that was history, you know? And um, um, I wrote another song in um, Seattle. Um, oh God. Um, oh God. Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. See, so, um, see, so man's written so many songs. I mean, yes, <laughs> but it was never a single. But it was a it was a beautiful song uh -huh. about meeting a young lady for the first time. Okay, and you have a chemistry and you fall in love uh -huh. for that moment. You know, like wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, uh, I know I'll never see you again. <coughs> again. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wrote that, uh, no, I know I'll never see you again. And these songs come to me in different ways. Like Blue would dream of a song. Oh. He wrote Kiss and Say Goodbye. He mm. called me early that morning before rehearsal. He said, get over here early. I had a dream about a song. Uh -huh. I want you to sing it. I got there and he said at the piano play, it's gonna hurt me, I can't lie. Maybe you meet another guy. Mm -hmm. Understand me, won't you try? Let's just kiss and say goodbye. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And then he gave me all the lyrics and uh -huh. he dreamed about it. He, was, he said, I laid in my bed, I dreamed about it. And he got up and played it on his little piano in his room, his apartment. Mm -hmm. Came and played it to me the next day. And, and Sonny was the same way. We all would write from sometimes seeing, knowing a situation that we're a friend of ours or somebody may have gone through, that we may have gone through, or we may see something in the newspaper or you'd be reading something and you say, mm -hmm. wow, they gave me an idea. Mm -hmm. And so it turned out to be that the songs that we always wrote or is still write, mm -hmm. I still write is about everyday life. It's things that people can identify with. Mm -hmm. And that's why 50 years later, There's No Me Without You sound just as good and has just a wonderful meaning, the same meaning mm -hmm. as it did back then, mm -hmm. in 1973. Mm -hmm. One Life so to Live, right. all of those so... songs, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, all these songs, I mean, I've, I've you know, listen to these songs, Father Career and all that. So again, you know, when we agreed that you were going to be on, I went back and listened to this. And I remember saying that this is just as good now as it was then, oh, yeah. you know, which is a sign of a true classic, the, the sign of a true classic. 
and boy do you guys have mm, mm, mm. um do, do you play do you play piano or do you play any instruments you know i don't really play to okay really right but i can play some chords every once in a while okay yeah. and that, that that and there's the reason i asked that, that is as as a vocalist and as a songwriter how do you like? I'm, I'm sure you come up with melodies and 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 mm -hmm. and you know lyrics and this and, that and the other. How do you convey that to somebody? To okay, I want to, I hear this. I, I, you know what I'm saying? How do yeah. how do you convey that to a musician? Like they can play any chord, but exactly. to you that might not be the right chord. How do you convey that to them? We have some wonderful musicians, mm -hmm. and I could go to to any one of the keyboard players, the guitar player, mm. even the bass player. Mm -hmm. And 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 sing a melody, and they'll follow me. Oh, okay, okay. They'll pick it right up and follow mm -hmm. me. And mm -hmm. these guys, my bass player, Jason Simons, has been with me since 1976. Oh my God! So he knows you. He knows. <laughs> and the average guy in our organization now has been with us at least 20 years. Oh wow! Wow! You know. Wow. And and our guitar player Mark Bowers, oh my God, he's he's awesome. Mm -hmm. He can play mm -hmm. anything. He played the blues. He played gospel. He played jazz. He mm -hmm. can play um, hard rock. You mm -hmm. name it, he can play it. And you and I'm sure you incorporate all that in your shows. Yes. And when <laughs> I I can be I can I can sing a song around Mark, uh -huh. and he might say, "Well, sing that phrase again." I'll sing it again. He said, oh, "I got it now." He's got it. Oh, he got it. Wow. Wow, awesome, awesome. Um, is there is there anybody like in in the new crop like today that that you're that you're looking at or you know that you're like you know hey they got it or, or you know um, you know, I listen um, or a group of people. I like some of the stuff Neo does, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you who blew me away, and mm -hmm. and there's a female artist I like Mary Mary uh, Mary J. Mm -hmm. Um, I like Jasmine Sutherland. She's she's <gasps> she's it's, it, she's so deserving of where she is today. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable mm -hmm. because she was un, so un, underrated for a while. Uh, that lady can sing, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And and so, but I have the music industry has changed so much, and the styles have changed so much. Mm -hmm. But at the Super Bowl, her. Oh. She, oh my mm. God, mm. that young lady blew me mm. away. And mm. my son had been there to check Same. out her, check mm. out her. And we'd be in the car, he'll put up something on God. And she sounded good. I said, Yeah, man, she's all right. She's all right. But when she did that, she just took me, oh, she just blew me away. Mm -hmm. And she's very, very talented. Mm -hmm. And when she won that Oscar, I shouted. Did <laughs> she I shouted, she uh, is so deserving of it. Mm -hmm. And not only that, she speaks so well. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, she speaks so well. You can tell she knows what she wants, who she is, where she wants to go. And that is so important mm -hmm. with the music mm -hmm. industry. It's mm -hmm. not like I just want to do this, make a little money and get on or mm -hmm. give me a hit. She mm -hmm. knows everything that she wanted to do. And you can tell, yep. And she, and, and that's what I, and that's real, I respect her so much for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She could mm -hmm. sing to me anytime. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope she watches this because this, this came yes. from the man himself. <laughs> she can sing for me anytime. <laughs> so um, spe speaking of, of female artists, I did want to ask you, I'm going back now uh, to Regina Bell. Right. You're, you're, your your how was that how was you know oh, first of all the first great. female in in this in you know an all male band i mean yeah. how did you guys come to that decision i mean how how did that happen well we had recorded a song um called don't say no to love mm -hmm. and i did it with bj nelson mm -hmm. and um bj was traveling i forgot the the artist she was traveling with but anyway she couldn't go on the road mm. and so we needed to audition a uh, female singer, mm -hmm. and um, so we auditioned two or three young ladies, and we had found one lady that um, we liked, and she kind of she kind of knew she had the gig, and 
uh, Vaughn Harper, who's a DJ on WBLS. Yes. Ah, WBLS. Mm-hmm. Yes. He mm-hmm. called Blue and said, hey, man, don't pick no single yet. Wait, I got to bring somebody by. Mm-hmm. He brought Regina Bell to the studio that day. Oh. And the band struck up with Don't Say No to Love, and she owned it. Wow. She wow. owned it. Mm-hmm. And when she finished, we were all like, huh? Uh-huh. And so... <laughs> I told Blue, I said, Blue, that's the, that's the lady. Regina mm-hmm. Bell is the lady. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of had to call the other lady and let her know <laughs> that, um, you know, she uh-huh. didn't, she worked in an office uh-huh. and she didn't uh-huh. speak to us for about a week. But yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. And uh-huh. Regina Bell stepped in and she, she gave a different side of our show. She gave mm-hmm. a, a different kind of light and life mm-hmm. to our show. Mm-hmm. And um, and from working with us, um, that's when she got her deal with Columbia Records. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, again, in, in preparing for this, one of the things that really stuck out to me, among many, but there was a thing as far as, um, I mean, you guys are, are true friends. I mean, from the beginning, yeah. um, you guys support each other. Um, I mean, because, you know, um, you know, somebody decides they're going to go do this or going to do that and all that. And they don't, you know, they have the support, but, you know, you don't yeah. have the support. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean, I, I'm sure you guys had bad times or I'm, I'm assuming that you guys yeah. maybe had some bad times, this, that and the other. But it doesn't come out. I mean, when you when you talk about, you know, the Manhattans or, you know, even when you go online and look at the different stories or whatever, there's always like a camaraderie between between you all. Um, yeah. How did you maintain that? I mean, over like so many years, you know, you know I, mean, actually, I mean, you guys are true, truly brothers, you know? Yes, we were. Mm-hmm. And, and um, we traveled, when I first joined the Manhattans, we worked six days a week and traveled on the seventh day. Mm-hmm. We would mm-hmm. go out for, um, for just say we're going out for a week. We end up staying sometimes two weeks, three weeks. Mm-hmm. As we mm-hmm. played, we played the Chipman circuit. Mm-hmm. Didn't we all? And, um, so we, you were making pennies, uh-huh. mm-hmm. you know, and we had our our band with us, and so we were together with each other more than we were with our families. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when and we had there are times when we disagreed, and 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 might have had words with each other, but is one thing that we always kept in our mind and our heart. And that was the Manhattans. Mm. That was first and foremost. Mm. And no one person would be able to pull that apart. We might disagree on how to get there, mm-hmm. but we did. We took the best and the safest route for the Manhattans and not for an individual. Wow. You the, know? Name is, the name itself is bigger than any one individual. Exactly. And, you know, we've had some, I mean, if anybody tell you, you, they were in a group and they never argued, they lied. Right. <laughs> Right, right, right. But we I mean, but you know, I mean, argument sometimes. Mm-hmm. But we never left that argument mad at each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we we know it was always an apology or fellas, let's let's not leave here like this, and mm-hmm. we get it together before we leave. And we never took it on stage. Mm-hmm. We never took it on stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, but we all had this had the same goal in mind. And it's the same thing with the guys I have today, with uh, musicians and with the two singers, Troy. We got uh, Troy and Dave, Troy May and Dave Tyson has been with us now going on 27, 28 years. Mm-hmm. And um, they had the pleasure of meeting and working with Blue before he passed. Oh, wow. And wow. Um, Blue, what I love about Blue he did the same thing to them that he did to me. Wow, did he? Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He didn't let me get away with nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> he didn't let them get away with nothing. And I'm uh-huh. the same thing. I'm doing the same way. It's the same way now. Uh-huh. No, no, no different is that we will tell each other. Mm. We get in the dressing room and we, we'll let each other know if, if somebody missed something or you could do better than that. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about it with each other. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it works. Mm, mm, mm. And, and these and, guys has 
you know, and since Blue passed, they even stepped up a hundred percent more. Wow! You know? Really? And um, because we want to let the world know that everywhere we go, when we sing, we honor the Manhattans. Thank you. Five mm -hmm. gentlemen that are no longer with us. Mm -hmm. You know, even mm -hmm. though I'm, I'm, I'm a, one of the original members. Mm -hmm. Well, not, I would say not original. Right, right. right. I am a member mm -hmm. because I replaced Smitty when he died. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but the point is that we have to honor those guys because they put all the work in for us to be where we are today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? mm -hmm. And um, we never work and don't honor them. Mm. And, you know, to your credit, the people that you got, I mean, you got people that are students such as yourself. I mean, they're willing students such as yourself. And mm -hmm. they have to see that in you, you know. Hey, you know, this guy, this, this guy learned a lot. We can only learn so much. I mean, we can learn so much from him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. wow. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, go ahead. Either way, go ahead. Why not? What do we, we have to do? We were, after, I think after the Dells went in, mm -hmm. we, rumor has it that they were not going to induct any more stand-up groups. Ooh. That was a rumor. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, but I haven't seen any more go in of, of our statue. Um, I think the OJs went first, then the Dells. Mm -hmm. I think the Dells were the last. Mm -hmm. And we've had our fans from all over the country, everywhere, sign a petition online. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, I was like blown away. I was shocked by that one. I mean, that one like messed me up. Like, you got to yeah. be kidding me. You got to be kidding <laughs> me. The, 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 you know, the mighty, mighty, mighty Manhattans are not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They kind of shunned us there. Mm. Mm. You know, it's... Okay. It's still okay. Well, we got to get you unshunned. Our, our, yeah. <laughs> our fans know us and they love us. Mm -hmm. And it's just not in the United States. It's worldwide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, that you guys have maintained. I mean, you maintain to this very day. That's it. And we are blessed. Truly, mm -hmm. God has truly blessed us and still blessing us. Mm -hmm. I mean, maintain with a quality act, with a quality band, with quality musicians. I mean, just quality all the way around. Yeah, you know, and and <laughs> you. like you said, I mean, there there's some there, there may be a little, you know, dissension happening there, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, you guys are, you know, yeah, what a story. Like I said, mm -hmm. I, I talk about the brotherhood that you know you can't help but see. I'm sure when you when you're performing, right? You know, and this is not this is no act. I mean, you guys are, <laughs> yeah. you know, being that sometimes we disagree. Sometimes mm -hmm. people. You have to let people say what they have to say. Mm -hmm. I say blow off steam. They don't necessarily mean you rage and want to kill somebody, mm -hmm. knock mm -hmm. somebody in the head. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you have to allow that person to say what's in their heart. Mm -hmm. And even though you may not retaliate or say anything, then you come back later and you can talk about it. We've mm -hmm. learned to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, when a person is really upset and get angry and 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 gets you know defensive or whatever. Sometimes it's better just let him go for a minute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then later on, you come back and you talk about it. But like I said, we never let nothing make us say, I quit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, no, I can't take you no more. I'm out of here. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even when I left the group to do my solo career, um, that was my decision. It, it had gotten, it had actually, we worked so much that we didn't rehearse a lot mm -hmm. and it got to be a job for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so i'll just walk in one day and tell the guys look um this is my last year with you um i'll stay with you till you get somebody mm -hmm. and i said i don't have them deal with no other record company i'm just going you know i would i would they did know that i was going to pursue a solo career mm -hmm. but at the mm -hmm. time there was no deal on the table for me i just mm -hmm. needed that time it was tough. And right after I left the group, about within, when I said that, I guess within six months, I had an offer. Mm. And, um, mm -hmm. But I stayed with the group and I, rec I record, when I recorded my album, solo project, but I stayed with the group until they got somebody to sing in my place.
And they, they were supportive of that, right? They were supportive yes. of your solo career. They were they were disheartened about it. Of course, but, of course. Um, and, and the other part was that we stayed friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I could call them and still talk. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when I was recording, there were songs that I knew that were Manhattan songs. And when people submitted to, to me, um, because Motown was taking me in a different direction, mm -hmm. uh, they didn't want me to have the sound of the doo-wop. They wanted me to sing as a solo artist. So those songs, I was sending to Blue. Mm. Oh, and, wow. Um, they would check them out. If they liked them, they tried them. And they did a couple albums. And I don't know for sure if they used every one of them or any of them per se, but they did listen to them. Mm -hmm. And Blue and I talked, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I used to call him. I remember I went to Sweden and I thought about him and I called him and, and we talked a long time. I came home and we talked. Mm -hmm. You know, we always stayed in contact, Blue mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Kenny and Sonny. You know, mm -hmm. and Sonny's not as much, but Blue and Kenny was, I stayed in contact with. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Mr. Austin. Mm -hmm. I have like a ton of questions. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I do want to ask you this though. In in closing, what advice do you have to offer those that are up and coming in the business? And I mean, you touched upon a lot in, yeah. in this short amount of time. You touched upon I a want, lot. Those that are I, up and coming, I would like to say to them is to keep God first, believe in yourself, um, learn the business, learn <sighs> the business. Mm -hmm. It has changed from, from day, the time that I started, and mm -hmm. it's even worse. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but learn the business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, stay humble. Be yourself. You know, you can't change with music changes. And a lot of times, back, and I'll give you a good example, in the disco era, a lot of artists, some of the artists in my genre, stand-up group tried the disco or tried to lean in that direction mm -hmm. and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. You have to be who you are. We stayed true to who we are. And in the middle of the disco era, we sold 2 million copies of Kiss and Say Goodbye. Oh my God. So you have to stay to who you are and what you believe in. Mm -hmm. You may have to go a different way to get there sometimes, but be true to yourself, you mm -hmm. know? And um, also, when you are going up, try to give back, pay it forward, you know. Um, and I'm going to tag this on here because this is what I do. I just don't sing. Um, I have I work with an organization called OIC of America. And Dr. Leon Sutherland out of Philadelphia started this organization in 1960. Okay. And OIC stands for? It's it's an organization. It's a long term okay. uh, organization. Uh, oh God, I forgot the, the, the oh God, okay. right? My okay. tongue, I can't call it. No, no it's all good. But it's OIC of America dot org. Okay. If you go there, you'll see what it's all about. Okay. And what it's all about is that it's an organization that helps um, unemployed, underemployed, disadvantaged people become more productive citizens. It's an organization that teaches you, give you skills. Mm -hmm. You work with, with, you go to OIC of America for help. They will teach you the skills to find a job, to, to go and um, audition for a job, resume, write resumes that teach you, even show you different uh, aspects of what you wanna do. Um, in other words, they will help you uh, if you got a career and you like to lay bricks, you want to be a brick mason, they'll mm -hmm. find some way to help you learn that trade. Nice. And nice. also they have another part of the organization called SOAR. And um, SOAR helps people that have been incarcerated get oh. out and become more productive citizens mm -hmm. in society. And um, they have uh, Chapters all over the country. I think it's okay. 33, it's 34 and 33 states, I believe, something like okay. that. So it is right national. It is. It is national. Okay. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But the president now is James Haynes. 
-hmm. And he's the president of the organization and they're located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'm the celebrity ambassador and I try to pass the word mm -hmm. around because, you know, people, and, and it's not just for, it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's for everybody. Um, and it's a wonderful organization. And believe me, um, it, it really, really is such a wonderful organization. And they have events where people come back who, who've gone through OIC and made, and got great jobs mm -hmm. and progress, mm -hmm. you know, and was very successful. Um, in fact, I have a friend that lives in South Carolina that when I told her that I was a um, celebrity ambassador for OIC of America, she said, oh my God, you are? That's how I got my job. That's how I got oh, started. Nice, nice. And she was the first black to work at, I think it's National Bank that was in South Carolina. One of, she was, I'm saying National Bank, but it was, I think it was the first black person to work in a bank in Columbia, South Carolina. Nice. And she was one of the first black women or women period to drive a cat, you know, the big earth crushes. What? <laughs> Building highways. Yes. She did all of that. And thanks to OIC of America, that's where she is today. And now she's she's doing it. Nice. Awesome. That's great. You that's know? great. Thank and, you for that. Thank you for mentioning that. Oh, yeah. And I don't want you to think, I, a lot of people ask me, I've been asked that question, is a very long name. And they always, <laughs> I was always told, just say, OIC of America. <laughs> got you. <Yeah. laughs> got you. Got you. No worries. No worries. Yes. OIC, OIC of America.org. Dot org. Got it. And, um, got it. and you know, it's, and it's, it's giving back, you mm -hmm. know, and I also do a college tour. I'm a Shriner, mm. and my temple is Golconda Temple number 24. Mm -hmm. And when I became a Shriner, um, we made my class decided we was challenged by uh, Noble J.C. Hines to do something in the community, mm -hmm. you know, and do something to give back. So we decided to start uh, a bus college bus tour. And it's named J.C. Hines College Bus Tour Committee. And we, it's three we sponsored college tours in the past year or so. We haven't been able to because of the pandemic. Uh -huh. But we're, we're preparing now for the coming year uh, for the um, in November. We like to do it in, in like in November. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do it in spring. But we find that in um, fall break is the best time for us. So we're putting mm -hmm. it together now to... Um, get kids to take this tour if they're, if they're not able to do it because of the pandemic. In this, in this fall, we will do a virtual tour. Okay. You know, but that's, that's what we do. And it's, it's to help the kids in the community see what college is all about, mm -hmm. learn all the ins and outs about going to college and how, you know, you, a lot of times kids think it's very difficult, but it's not. You can get uh, a scholarship for simple things to go mm -hmm. to college. Mm -hmm. You know, you just gotta wanna go. And- um, As simple you know, as that. And that that's a very good point. I'm glad you mentioned that because there are a lot of kids who think just the whole process is like really difficult. And as a result, they don't go. Exactly. You know. The last one tour we went on, we took, um, there were 20, there were 23, 24 seniors. Mm -hmm. And no, it was 22 seniors and 19 of them got accepted at Virginia Union the day wow. that we went. And they all, Th that all day. of them go to Virginia Union, but they did go to college. And they got accepted that very day. Got accepted. They had their transcripts and they were accepted. Wow. But wow. some of them chose to go to different schools, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. but the point about it, it was that that opportunity was there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And and not only we take high school kids, we take kids that um with G GEDs. Mm -hmm. They finished their GED and got uh good you know grades. Mm -hmm. Take mm -hmm. them out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because there's an opportunity. And a lot of kids don't know um, that when you go out to college, if they accept you and you're not quite at that level, the 3.0 average or 2.7 right. average, whatever. Right. They, if they want you bad enough, 
they will put you through a process so you can go to school early uh, and catch up and be brought up. So when college session starts, you'll be right in the mix. Mm-hmm. So they have programs like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's we just want to do what we can to help our children. And we basically toured the HBCUs. Actually, we that's all we tour is HBCUs. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, um, it's good to be able to give back. Yeah, yeah. And there's wow. one other thing I got to tell you. Please. Our new CD, it's called The Legacy Continues. The Manhattans mm-hmm. featuring Gerald Alston. The awesome. Legacy Continues. It's awesome. on all the digital platforms. And if you mm-hmm. want to get the physical copy, you can either go to CD Baby or you can go to Let's Just Kiss and SayGoodbye.com. And if you want to autograph it, want it autographed, I will autograph it for you. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yes, sir. You can't get anybody in that. In the order, and I will do it. Awesome, awesome. Yes. Wow, great, great. And one I got No, go on, go on. And I forgot, I have to give a shout out to my organization, to East Coast Connection, my which is my musicians under the direction of Charles Butler mm-hmm. and um, Curtis Dukes, who produced the album. Mm-hmm. Um, he's our keyboard player. Colt Younger wrote and uh, helped produce one of the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, then I got Mark Bowers, Jason Simons. Um, I called Justice B- Charles Butler. We got Scotty, which is our road manager. Um, then we have uh, John, uh, Thomas Selsey, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is our stage man. He does monitors and our front house and production guy is Andre DeBoer. Mm-hmm. I like to give all those guys their, their props mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they are the one, they are the people that help us function on this road. They mm-hmm. make it possible for us. Mm-hmm. And same thing with all the venues we play. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't play in those venues if the stage hands don't come in and adjust mm-hmm. lights and clear the stage and set up the uh, instruments and everything, uh, you know, set the stage and make sure everything is in proper order. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that you don't see and don't hear about, you know? And um, that's a, that takes me back to there's no me without you. Ah. <laughs> that's why on every show, I always thank all of those people and let mm-hmm. them know that there's no me without you. Mm-hmm. And especially radio. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. it, it's... It's it's a lot. I know we should have been gone, but it's a lot. No, no, no. It's all good. Say, oh know? my god. And, and um, but my musician, my my Manhattan family is a great family. Mm-hmm. And my son, he mm-hmm. sings with us. He comes out and nice. opens up for us, Calvin. Uh-huh. And um, and and my wife works behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. there because she's a uh, she dances. She used to dance. Mm-hmm. Now she teaches it, mm-hmm. but. She get on us about our choreography now, and she makes you a word. <laughs> have no awesome. mercy, excuse me, have mm-hmm. no mercy on none of us. So it's a whole family affair, and I'm thankful for That's awesome. everybody. That's awesome. Um, and also, if you don't mind, I'm, I'm going to mention Andre. Um, um, Andre Pittman, thank, thank you so much for-, for Oh, for, yes. Yeah, putting this whole thing together. Oh, my I mean, God. My yes, goodness. thank you. Andre, yes. thank you, thank yes. you. Yes, yes, thank you so much. And, I really, really appreciate that. You know, and Andre has been—he's been simply wonderful. He's been mm-hmm. in my corner, supporting me mm-hmm. and the Manhattans, mm-hmm. and I thank him so very much. Love you, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. You. Thank you. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Mister Gerald Austin of the Mighty Manhattans. My goodness. Thank you so much for doing this. And I am looking forward to having you back soon because I do want to play some of your things when we get set to do that. I'm looking forward to having okay. you back if you don't mind. That's um, bad. So again, thank you so much for being on the playground where the players play. Ladies and gentlemen, Gerald Austin of the Manhattans. Thank you again, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome.